0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 27 of Ohio Unsolved. I'm your host, Matthew, and this week is all about monsters and unknown creatures. But first, a little news. Firstly, the Ohio Unsolved t-shirts are going quickly. I've only got a few left, so make sure to grab one while you can. Also, the official logo has been designed, and I will be unveiling it once we reach 10,000 total plays. We're not far off from that, so make sure to share it with all your friends and family that enjoy this kind of content. Also, the next giveaway will be revealed once we hit 10,000 total plays, so make sure that you're in the Ohio Unsolved group on Facebook to get you a chance to win a prize pack. Now let's get right into the episode. Everyone sit back, make sure to lock your doors and windows, and get ready for Ohio Unsolved. Our first story comes from yourghoststories.com. I was awoken on an early morning in mid-July 2011 at around 3.30 a.m. I heard at least three creatures on my roof. One that seemed to be running around in circles over the living room, which is the room right next to my bedroom. A second one that sounded to be going around the house, in a third one that sounded like it was jumping on and off the roof in the front of the house. My house has a circular layout under a square roof. Every room except mine and the bathroom's have two entrances, so you can walk completely around the house from room to room. The front and left sides of the house are typical triangular pitched roof, kind of like a prism. Well, like two prisms merging together at a 90-degree angle. The rest of the roof is flat. I went around the house from room to room in the darkness, trying to see if I could see if anything was inside the house and to see if my family and cats were okay and all inside. Everyone was safe and fast asleep, and I did not find anything inside the house. But I had this strange feeling that whatever was on the roof knew where I was inside the house. As I went around the house, I tried to stay in the shadows and along the inner walls so that if anything was looking through the windows would have a hard time noticing me. I looked to see if I could see anything outside of the windows, but I never did see anything. I was too terrified to get close to any of the doors or windows. I eventually went back to my room when things settled down. From my bed, I listened for more sounds, but I did not hear or feel anything, and I eventually fell back asleep. The next day, I told my family about what happened that morning, and no one believed me. I told my friend who lives down the block and across the street, and he did believe me, and he told me, that there are demonic aliens that have the ability to cloak themselves somehow. He also said that he fended off some one night outside of his home with the power of Christ. While a great friend, he does not seem to have a sense of logic and easily believes things to be aliens or ghosts or spirits, and or a conspiracy cover-up without thinking rationally first so I have to dismiss his claims. I never talked about it again with anyone, and I eventually wrote it off as just a dream. But I knew that it wasn't. Every July since then, I often stay up until 4 a.m., hoping to hear something, and I never have. Then it happened again, last Monday morning. This time, I was completely awake, and I had been. I was doing homework when I heard something walk over my room at exactly 3.31 a.m. It sounds exactly the way a person would walk. Maybe a child, about 50 to 150 pounds in weight. Again, I went around the house, and everyone was safe, asleep, and inside. Once again, I tried looking out the windows and doors, but I did not see anything. I think this time, whatever it was, was just passing by. A week later, I decided to ask one of my neighbors if she had heard any walking on her roof late at night. The look of fear on her face when I mentioned it was all I needed to know that she had experienced it as well. She told me both her and her daughter have heard something walking on the roof late at night. The most recent being on last Monday morning. I'm going to ask my neighbor on the other side of my house if he has heard anything too when I get a chance. I would like to know what is really going on. Our next story is about a shape-shifting shadow creature. As always, I'll be reading from the author's perspective. During my senior year of high school, I would normally sleep really late into the Since my room was on the second floor, it provided me with the privacy that I needed without anyone disturbing my conversations. I was a teenager who enjoyed talking on the phone with friends and calling from bed was the perfect time to gossip. My younger brother at the time slept upstairs as well, but he slept in the room next to mine. On one particular weekend night, which has haunted me to this day, I was in bed talking on the phone with a friend. Everyone in the house was asleep since it was late into the night. There was enough moonlight coming into my room that I could make out the outlines of the objects that were inside my room. My bed at the time was in the corner of one of the walls while the door was right in front of my bed. I was resting my eyes for a while during my phone conversation when I had an uneasy feeling. When I opened my eyes, I saw a shadow standing next to my bed. Even with the moonlight, the shadow was dark, and I could not make out any features. It just stood there, while I felt my body freeze in horror. My gut told me that it was a malevolent entity. After staring at this figure for what seemed like an eternity, the entity shifted in shape and I saw it transform from a two-legged shadow to a four-legged dark creature with a tail. When it did this, it crawled on my ceiling near my bed. My room ceiling is low due to the shape of the roof, and there is a slant to the ceiling on the edge, so you can hit your head if you're not careful. It's at this moment that I threw my phone on the bed, my friend still on the line. I jumped out of bed and I went for my light switch next to the door. I did not look back at the creature out of fear. When I turned on the light, it turned off in a matter of seconds. I tried to turn it on again, and it turned off. I felt my adrenaline going after I had failed to keep the light on. So I threw open my door, turned on the light from the hallway, and frantically knocked on my brother's door. I woke up my brother that night. And although angry, as soon as he opened the door, he looked concerned when he saw me crying and shaking terribly. I told him what I had seen in my room, and I quickly tailed behind him to check out my bedroom and retrieve my phone. When he turned on the light, the light stayed on. We did not find anything but my phone still on the bed. Apparently, my friend had tried to call me several times after I had cut our conversation short due to what I had seen. My brother believed me and he wanted me to tell my parents then and there, but it was late in the night and I did not want to wake them. I also knew that they were not going to believe me because they are hardcore skeptics. I realized that they were just going to dismiss it as a dream. I told my brother not to say anything and I ended up staying in my brother's room that night. I could not sleep at all due to the fear into the questioning of what exactly that thing was. The next morning, my brother and I went downstairs for breakfast. Over breakfast, my brother tells my parents what had happened the night before. I was ashamed and embarrassed because I did not want to hear my parents lecturing me about dreaming or imagining things. When my brother finished telling my parents what had happened, they both stayed quiet and my dad finally asked me if I was sure of what I had seen, and if I was positive that I was not dreaming. I showed him my phone, and I told him that I was wide awake, and that I had been on the phone talking to a friend. My brother also verified that he had woken up to me crying uncontrollably. My dad then told me that he will leave a video camera in my room that very night, to see if he can see anything unusual during the night. The next day after the recording, my dad handed me the video and told me to watch it. I never did. I realized that if I saw something I did not want to see there, I would not be able to live in that house in peace. To this day, that video is still in the bookshelf. My dad told me that he watched half of it, And then he got tired of seeing nothing, so he turned it off. As for myself, I never want to see that video. It brings back horrific memories. Two days after the experience, I ended up telling my aunt who I trusted and I knew would believe me. She took me to a church. She had my cross necklace that I always wore blessed and she told the priest about my experiences. The priest told me that just as there were good beings in this world, there were also beings that were evil. He told me what I have seen was evil. He asked for permission to bless the house. Since it is the home of my parents, I called my dad and I asked if a priest could come and bless the house. My dad was infuriated and he told me that he did not want anyone in the house. As I stated before, my dad is a skeptic, and he thought that I was taking my imagination and running with it. After my aunt heard my dad's decision, she looked at me and saw how upset I was. She asked the priest for holy water, and she is the one who came back home with me and she blessed the house. The blessing helped for about three months. Since then, I still see or hear strange things when I visit my family and after the experience happened I did not sleep in that room for over a year I would sleep in the living room when I finally left for college the year after I was hardly at my parents home I had a job on campus so I stayed in the dorms as much as I could when I do visit I still sleep in the living room, though I have someone else sleep with me in the old room with the light on. I made the mistake of sleeping by myself two years after the experience in the old room, and I regretted it instantly. That, of course, is another experience to tell. Our final story is one person's encounter with what they believe was a wendigo. When I lived in Ohio several years ago, I was around six or seven and I did Cub Scouts. I saw what I believe was a wendigo. This happened around midwinter in January of 2012. We went on a campout because that's what Cub Scouts do. The first thing that happened was on Friday night and I had to stay until Sunday morning. We had already eaten and played a game of Monopoly. This just goes to say how late it was. We were getting ready to make s'mores, but we all suddenly felt the feeling of being watched. We didn't think anything of it, though, because we had been seeing deer all day. What got us all nervous was the deer running past our campsite about once every 15 minutes. And then around 11 p.m., We started to hear twig snaps. This was normal because for the past two hours, we had been listening to them. The issue was that these were louder and they lingered around our campsite, as if whatever it was was waiting for something. We got inside our tents, thinking nothing of it, but something wasn't right. There was a strange smell from the same location as the branches breaking as if it had direction. You could tell which way the smell was, which creeped all of us out. My dad brought a pistol, but it was useless since when he got out of his tent, the noises and smell were gone. The next day, we saw tons of large coyote footprints, thinking that they might have been carrying around something that they killed. The issue with that was the footprints were as big as my father's hand. So we called the camp owner, and he told us that there had been sightings of a weird creature with a deer skull, antlers, and stood up on two legs. It was impossibly thin, and it looked like it was decaying. We didn't believe it, and the parents didn't tell us at the time, since it would creep out a group of first graders easily. Only one person had reported seeing it, And that's why no one believed that it was real. Then late Saturday night, since the parents were still creeped out, they decided to send us all to the bathroom in groups, since there was only one toilet. We went in groups of four, and there were 12 of us. We all didn't know what was wrong, since they had never sent us 20 feet in groups before. That's when we saw it. A large, decaying-looking thing crouched down on all fours. We didn't know about pretending not to notice things, so we all instantly said, what is that, and pointed at it. The thing instantly rose up, a good eight feet tall, about twice my height when I was seven. Six years later, and I'm still under five feet, even though I'm thirteen. This thing screeched at us, and my dad bolted to his tent to grab his gun. When he shot, the thing didn't even flinch. It just kept screeching at us, and that's when I could see it clearly. It was covered in decaying deer fur with legs like a dog. It was too thin to be real, maybe about my width when I was seven and around four feet. It had arms only about as wide as a three-inch wide pipe, too thin for something that height. Before I could scan the rest of it, It ran into the woods. I didn't go camping again until I was in the 6th grade, and I quit after that because of hearing footsteps outside of our campsite that were too heavy to be human. I personally will never go camping again. Whether you believe in the Wendigo or not, Everyone has to agree that it would be one of the most terrifying creatures to encounter. The first time that I heard of them was from the scary stories to tell in the dark books. Ever since then, I've been fascinated by them, but I still never want to encounter one. Have any of you had any encounters with what you believe might have been a Wendigo? I would love to hear about it and share it in a future episode. Well, that's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed the stories, please rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating really goes a long way to helping other people find this podcast. Don't forget to join us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you do enjoy the stories, please consider subscribing on Patreon to help support the show. There's monthly bonus episodes that you can only get on Patreon. Once again, thank you everyone for listening, and make sure to keep your doors and windows locked, and stay ready for Ohio Unsolved.